Yes, yes. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another segment of Billsology. I am your host, A. Rich, Akeem Richens. You should know how my saying goes by now. If you don't know me, please get to know me. This is another Built in Buffalo broadcast. And today I got some family with me. I got some of my friends with me. I'm going to let them introduce themselves, a part of the Built in Buffalo family. We're going to start off with uh, my buddy, Matt. Tell them about yourself, what you do for the brand, bro. What is up, Akeem? What is up, everyone? Uh, I'm Matt Greco, the host of one host of the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast, as always part of the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. Rich, love the intro. It was awesome. Got me hyped for this show. Thank you for having me on. And you're you're saying at the beginning, I always hit that saying. You always hit that saying. I'm like, man, that reminds me of someone. It reminds me of who? It reminds me of Christopher Wallace, Notorious B.I.G. If you don't know, now you know. BIB in the house. I'm ready to go. Let's do this. Awesome. Awesome. And my brother, Sauce God, introduce yourself, bro. What's going on, Akeem? First of all, man, Maddie, happy to be here with you. We're happy to talk bills. Happy that we got something big to talk about with Stefan Diggs' contract extension and what's going on with Jordan Poirier. I'm happy to be here. God bless, man. God first. Akeem, happy to be back here with you, brother. Very hyped. Very hyped. Uh, yo, most definitely, most definitely. I'm I'm very excited to to have you two on. I'm very excited to to discuss the the topics we are going to discuss tonight. There's a lot of Buffalo Bills talk. There's a lot of Buffalo Bills discussions, and I'm interested to hear your perspectives on the questions that's going to be asked tonight. But before before we uh we get started, right? Obviously. Uh, we're Buffalo Bills fans first, but we just love the game of the NFL. We love the game of football, and we respect everything and every everybody uh, about the game. And it was some tragic news that happened today, right? And that is uh, Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne Haskins, 24 years young. I don't even like to say years old, years young, because he was still a baby. His life was just taken off, tragically uh, killed today. I believe he was jogging, and and got hit by a car. So uh, the first thing I want to say is my condolences and uh, rest in peace to Dwayne Haskins, my condolences to his family and also his friends and family within the, the Washington and the Pittsburgh Steelers organization. Tra- tragic loss for the for the NFL family today. Uh, rest in peace, Dwayne Haskins. Um, but uh, I, hate to, I hate to talk about tragedy, but... I thought it was necessary. Let's move forward. Let's move forward to uh to to some better news, right? Uh big announcement at Built in Buffalo was announced today on our Twitter account. Uh we are now official partners of Total Sports Buffalo. Total Sports Buffalo is the official partner of the Buffalo Bills. Uh we are excited to be a part of Total Sports Buffalo. We we look forward to working alongside the best memorabilia company in the business so total sports buffalo built in buffalo uh together uh be in tune stay in tune for a lot of giveaways and a lot of things that's that's going to be happening in the near future with built in buffalo and total sports buffalo we appreciate the opportunity they have given us and we will definitely do right by them so that's a major announcement for us and our brand but uh moving on moving on right we have a lot of comments in the comment section going before. So before I get the show started, I'd like to shout out some people. Uh, Daniel Garis. Daniel Garis in the building. He says, what up, Matt? We got oh, we got Jason in the building. We got John. What's going on, John? We got 
uh ap golf ap golf what's going on this is a new name I, I appreciate you for tuning in if you're watching on twitter please give this a like please give this a retweet if you're watching on facebook please give this a like please give this a share and last but not least if you're watching on youtube please subscribe if you haven't done so give this a like and even if you want to give it a dislike it's okay at least i know you're engaging right so welcome to the built in buffalo network um and i'm gonna get started with the show today right there has been a lot of news going on this week uh, about the Buffalo Bills, a lot of news, a lot of transactions. And the first one, the, more, the most obvious one I want to get into is our number one wide receiver. Stephon Diggs gets his contract extension. A lot of us was wondering what the hell is going on with Stephon Diggs. He was the 21st paid, highest paid wide receiver uh, before his extension, two years, $25 million left on his deal. Uh, Brandon Bean and the Bills organization, they could have waited because he was still under contract, right? So technically they could have waited, uh, but they elected to extend him to a tune of four years, $96 million, uh, along with $48 million guaranteed at, us, at the signing and $70 million in total guarantees. Huge contract extension for our Buffalo Bills number one wide receiver, Stefan Diggs. So I want to start the show by accent. And we're going to start with Matt, right? Woody Sports Podcast, first time on. I'm excited to have you on, by the way, brother. Uh, what is your thoughts on the Stefan Diggs contract extension? Yeah, thank you, Rich. Yes, yeah, Stefan Diggs, man. What 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 is there to say that we have in about Stefan Diggs and this week uh, across Bill's media? I mean, our number one receiver, as you mentioned, 21st highest value in terms of what he made last year. He was only averaging $14.4 million last year. And guys like Robbie Anderson were making more money than Stefan Diggs. So the yes. man deserved to get paid. In the two seasons he's been with the Bills, he's caught 230 passes, over 2,700 yards, 18 touchdowns. He has been the uh you know the quintessential number one receiver since he's been on he's a great player he's a great teammate he's not a good family feud player but we'll still we'll push that <laughs> to the side for a second because he's awesome for the bills he's awesome on the field he's awesome off the field we talked about uh on our podcast this week how emmanuel sanders was on good morning football talking about how josh has a shrine of digs in his locker and digs has a shrine of josh in his locker so man I, I couldn't be more excited to have this guy uh on the bills and and the reports are that you know he felt he wanted to be somewhere we could call you know have a home and buffalo is his home yes. now so I love that. I mean, he's been great for this team. He's been great for Josh's growth, and I can't be happy. I couldn't be more happier that he's a Buffalo Bill, it seems like, for the rest of his career. And and that's what it looks like, right? Six-year contract extension. He's 28 years old. Uh, he can definitely play out these six years for the Buffalo Bills and, indeed, retire as a Bill. And all the talks from the Minnesota Vikings about how he was a diva and how he was a distraction and for whatever reason thinking Adam Thielen was better than Stefan Diggs I don't know what the Minnesota Viking organization was thinking but I'm glad they thought that way source God what is your thoughts on the Stefan Diggs uh, uh contract extension let me first of all let me say the man got paid and it's well deserved it's just crazy to me guys that, that we used to have an owner Ralph Wilson may he rest in peace 
that didn't want to pay players for how he wanted to run his business. But now we have a situation where we're paying, we're paying Josh Allen, where we're paying, we're paying Stephon Diggs, where we're paying him Von Miller, where we're paying him. I love to see what sports are doing right now. And a little off topic too, Owen Power signing today too. That's big stuff for Buffalo too. But yep. back to Stephon Diggs, what he has been to the community, what he has been to the team, and what he has been to Josh Allen's development. I've always said that there were there were really a couple of people that were really instrumental in Josh Allen's development. And at first that was Ken Dorsey and that was Cole Beasley. John Brown too, in a sense. But Stephon Diggs was that piece that made that offense extremely volatile and extremely dangerous. And what put us from ah, maybe a mid-15, you know, at maybe middle of the uh, league average for offensive, you know, firepower to mm-hmm. a top three offense at, mm-hmm. no, at, at no matter what. Without you know, with with Josh Allen, the way he plays, what Stephon Diggs has done to the way that he plays the game of football, and the way that he's made it easier for guys like Gabe Davis to shine, guys like even Dawson Knox, what Stephon does on the field, people thought that he took it down, like you know, a little bit of a you know, a little bit of a loss in statistics this year. No, that wasn't the case at all. He saw more double teams. And he opened up the field in other ways for other players, including in the run game. So I'm excited to see Stephon Diggs is locked up. As Matt said, for what we think is going to be hit for the rest of his career, I'm excited for that. I love that, and I love that for Josh Allen, and I love this for this for this team going forward. Continuity is everything. And think about think about what you said and having a down year. They they wanted to say that about. Uh, Josh Allen last season compared to his season before having a down year and he still threw for over uh, well over 4,000 yards and had 36 or 37 touchdowns and you look at Stefan Diggs and people saying he had a down year he had over 100 receptions and over 1,200 yards receiving so if that's a down year that's a year that I'm pretty sure that we've a got lot a of receivers, a lot of receivers would take every day. And I think I'll take that um, all day, <laughs> all day, every day. And to elaborate on this, on this new deal, um, I, I think this is an excellent deal for the Buffalo Bills. Masterful job done by, by Brandon being in the Bills organization for a number of reasons, right? Uh, let's get into the first reason. Um, Brandon Bean could have waited, like I alluded to earlier, he could have waited to pay Stefan Diggs. He still had two years left on his deal. But we see how crazy these contracts are now, right? We saw uh, Christian Kirk, who had no business getting paid that type of money. But that's not my business, right? That's between them and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, we seen Devontae Adams get paid his money. we seen Tyreek Hill get paid his money. And those are all crazy contracts. But imagine how the salary cap is going to increase and what the contracts could look like uh, two or three years from now. Two or three years from now, if the contract, if the salary cap increases like we all know is going to increase, this Stefan Diggs huge contract is going to look like a bargain two or three years from now. So I think that's 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 definitely one way to look at it. And the second way you got to look at it is, is think about it from a culture perspective, right? Brandon Bean is telling players currently on the Buffalo Bills and future players that's going to come to the Buffalo Bills. If you come here, contribute, and do what you're supposed to do in terms of meeting and or exceeding expectations, we're going to pay our guys, right? We want to make sure the organization is happy, and we want to make sure the football players, our players, our athletes are uh, are happy as well. There's going to be no locker room distractions. There's going to be 
there's not going to be any of those things that other teams have problems with in terms of salary cap or or contract negotiations um, on on their retrospect. We're not going to have those issues. So I think from a culture standpoint, that bodes well for the Buffalo Bills, the players in the locker room, and the Buffalo Bills future players that's outside, that's looking on Twitter and that's around the NFL that says, hey, I like what the Buffalo Bills are doing over there. I like that culture. I'm a free agent after this season. I may want to take a chance and play over there because they're going to take care of their guys. Right. And absolutely. Yeah. And last but not least, it keeps Josh Allen and Stefan Diggs together for majority of their contract. Right. It's 2022 now. Uh, Diggs is locked up until the 2028 season and Josh Allen is locked up to 2029. So uh, I think this tandem is is a tandem that we're going to see for obviously years to come. And I think when it's all said and done, they're going to make each other uh, future Hall of Famers for the Buffalo Bills. So for all those reasons, I think that uh, this is an excellent, excellent deal and an excellent contract extension for both the player, Stefan Diggs, and the organization with the Buffalo Bills. Um, yeah, Josh is going to be running with his Call of Duty Call of Duty buddy for a while now. And Rich, you, you, you put it perfect there, like with the cultures. Like, yeah. And Anthony, you talked about how Cole and John Brown, Smoke Brown, like developed Josh those first couple of years. But Diggs brought something different, right? He brought a swagger to this offense, you know, this high scoring, pass heavy, air raid attack offense. And you, you didn't get that with John Brown and Cole Beasy. They're great players in their own right. And they, they helped Josh tremendously in his first couple of years, but Diggs does stuff that it's just is, is unmatched, whether it's, you know, in, in the Raiders game a couple of years ago, him like going mm-hmm. up in, in um, a, a deep pass and high, high point in it. And then just like oh, flexing yeah. on the guy or, you know, him John with JC Jackson during the Patriots game and then just burning him throughout the game and pointing to him as he's entering the end zone. Like you didn't get that with the, you know, well, smoke and Cole. fans too. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. You get a car and you get a car and you get a car. (laughs) (laughs) We yo, we we love that. We love that. And that is and that is exactly right, right? What John Brown brought brought to the Buffalo Bills organization and Josh Allen was was something tremendous for for Josh Allen and his growth, right? I think they both helped each other. I think uh John Brown benefited from having Josh Allen because he put up career numbers, and Josh Allen from a developmental standpoint. Uh, it was crucial for having John Brown uh, when we had John Brown along with Cole Beasley, Beasley right? Cole Beasley, uh, I, I'm a Cole Beasley fan, whether he's on the Buffalo Bills or the Cleveland Browns or wherever he decides to go. He was an integral part to Josh Allen's development. He was the security blanket for Josh Allen until Josh Allen no longer needed that security blanket. And last but not least, Stefan Diggs. Uh, we love John Brown and what he brought. We love Cole Beasley and what he brought. But Stefan Diggs was that alpha dog that was missing. Stefan Diggs was that true number one wide receiver that John, uh, Josh Allen needed. And now he got. And uh, it, it was it's just been a, a excellent thing, a thing of beauty ever since Stefan Diggs and Josh Allen was able to, to match up and pair up. And I want to get some comments for the comment section. What are your thoughts about the Stefan Diggs deal? Um, shout out to shout out to my brother, uh, uh, Torch Robinson, Dre. This may be poised last year. We're going to get into that, Dre. We're going to get into that. Um, let's go into let's see why, why, hell, Mary, hell, uh, hell, hell, the mighty bean, and that, and that's something great, right? 
it's it's I've been around a, a, for some time now. I've been around since uh, the 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 last ownership and the the last few GMs for the Buffalo Bills didn't want to pay players. So for players to now come to Buffalo and be paid is something great to see. Buffalo was never a destination place. I always heard it was too cold. There's nothing to do in Buffalo. Now all of a sudden. We get, we get impact players like a Stefan Diggs and like a Von Miller. And right now is just it's just amazing to see. And we should all relish this time. Even if we even if we, God forbid, don't win the Super Bowl, we should all relish this time because the Buffalo Bills are relevant in the NFL. Um, and they're taking discounts to play here, which is completely different from where we were. When we had to overpay for the Derek Dockeries of the world just to have them even consider coming to Buffalo. Like now guys are taking discounts to want to play with Josh Allen and play for this organization. So, most, I mean, most in being we trust. <laughs> in being we trust, most definitely. And I'm going to get some more comments, but I want to. I want to further elaborate on this Stefan Diggs contract extension because he got paid the big money, right? Let me get um let me get wise comment off here. He got paid the big money. So now let's let me get some opinions. Everybody in the comment section, give me your thoughts and your opinions on this next question as well. Where does Diggs rank amongst the best wide receivers in the NFL? And I know we all Buffalo Bills fans here, or majority of us, but let's let's be as unbiased as possible and try to give our best assessment in terms of where Diggs ranks amongst the best wide receivers in the NFL. Sauce God, let me get your thoughts. Well, first of all, so I kind of went back and forth about this, right? Because last year for me, Devonta Adams was the best receiver in the NFL, but what Cooper cup was able to do with Matt Stafford and the, the Los Angeles Rams this year throughout the entire season and the postseason and as well as in the Super Bowl. I have to say Cooper Cup right now, right now is number one. I mean, that's just trying to be as unbiased as possible. I say Devonta Adams too, regardless of who he's playing with at quarterback. I still think that Derek Carr is a pretty solid quarterback for the Las Vegas Raiders. So Devonta Adams, what he can do, skill set, um, athleticism, he still, to me, has that yeah, it's kind of like a 1A and 1B situation right now. And I have to give, like I said, Cooper Cup has to be one for me based on what he was able to do in this prior season. It was amazing. Could have won MVP at receiver. We don't see that very often. Correct. For me at three, I Uh-oh. want to say DeAndre Hopkins, right? But I, but I almost Whoa. can't. But I almost can't, right? Because – the guy doesn't play enough, and, and I feel like there's a little bit of like an attitude problem with DeAndre Hopkins. I don't see him being like a real leader. I see guys like Cooper Cup and Devontae Adams and Stephon Diggs. Those guys are leaders on the field. I don't see that out of DeAndre Hopkins. And, I mean, we all – Bill's Mafia, we're all salty about, you know, the Hail Mary play with Devontae, DeAndre Hopkins. But I still think that skill set-wise, I got to still put DeAndre Hopkins at three. Now, I know everybody wants to put Tyreek Hill in, in, in the top three. I can't. Just because a guy is fast does not mean I say he is a, a guy with, the, with, with incredible hands that's going to go up in double coverage like, like, let's say, like a guy like Calvin Johnson used to do. You know what I mean? Okay. So I, 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 put, Cal, I put Stephon Diggs at four. I put Stephon Diggs at four, and I want to put Stephon Diggs at three, but it is hard to argue with the whole DeAndre Hopkins thing. And, I mean, DeAndre Hopkins has time and time again – been a consistently great receiver and his skill sets off the charts. But at five, I put Tyreek Hill. And that's because 
we, I mean, it's hard to argue against his speed. His speed makes him such a dynamic playmaker. I, I'll tell. I want to. I want to say this too for Bills Mafia. Am I worried about him coming to the Miami Dolphins? Not one bit. I want to make that abundantly clear right now. I'm nice. not. I'm not worried about that. In fact, I think him going to the fence might have been a good thing for us. Get him away from Patrick Mahomes. Those two were too dangerous. So him going to the Miami Dolphins makes me drop him down to five a little bit. A little bit easier for me. That's my top five. I like it, man. I like it. Tyreek Hill fifth. You got DeAndre Hopkins up there. I kind of forgot about DeAndre Hopkins a little bit, even though he's one of my favorite receivers as well. But um, it's 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 very interesting take. I like the take. Uh, uh Matt, what you got? Yeah, I, I think Anthony, you, you know, hit it on the head there. You know, with this top five, um, you know, and it's all about what he mentioned with Diggs and its consistency. He's done it for a long time. He's been good for a very long time. And you know, I want to mention also two young guys, Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson, who are excellent receivers and you know just because they're in their first and second years you know they'll, they'll be there eventually I think they're excellent but the thing with Diggs is not only is he consistent but I think he's like the whole package right you know not only do you get mm -hmm. the great catch radius you get the great hands you get the the, the great yak most of the time but his route running is just beyond anyone in the league if you, it's godly and it you know i wish i wish a guy like stevie johnson was around when when uh now that josh is quarterback i wish stevie was still around because stevie was like i thought stevie was a good route runner even a great route runner back in the day yeah Diggs is just on another level you saw that touchdown in the saints when he just dropped that guy in the corner of the end zone i yep. mean More and flat. so i i More think strong. You know, he, he's the complete package when you look at it. I mean, he's not the tallest guy. He's not the fastest guy. But, man, does he know how to play that position so well. And it's due to the route running. And if you can beat your guy, and he's, he's one of the best receivers in man coverage, he understands the game enough well to, uh, you know, expose zone coverage. He's he's just the complete package. So I put him right in the top five as well. I don't know where within that top five. I love Devontae Adams. You know, I love the guys Anthony mentioned as well. Uh, but he's definitely in the top five for me. And I and I like it, and I, I I like both assessments. And I'm gonna go ahead. I'm a I'm a piggyback off both y'all a little bit. Uh, I think right now, number one, in, at least in my opinion, I have I have Devonte Adams as as number one. Now I know Cooper Cup, he had a great season, and I can't I, I cannot take that away from him. But when I look at when I look at top receivers in the game, some of it. I have to I have to look into in terms of in terms of longevity. How how consistent are you year in and year out? Now, do I think Justin Jefferson and and Jamar Chase are great receivers? Yes, I think they're excellent receivers, and I think they're going to be there. And I do think they're top ten. The reason why I don't have them in my top five is because they are one and two years in, and I would like to see right. uh, three or four consistent years of of playing at that high level before I put them. Uh, uh, in that category, but that's just that's just my opinion. I, I think uh, longevity has something to do in with my ranking. So I have Devontae Adams. Uh, if you look what he done in his last four seasons, his last four seasons, four hundred thirty-two receptions, five thousand three hundred ten yards, and forty-seven touchdowns in four seasons. So he's averaging over a hundred a uh, 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 hundred receptions, well over a hundred receptions a year. His last four years, well over a thousand yards, and and well over. 10 touchdowns a season. And I think you have to look at his longevity and how consistently he's been doing it. Uh, that's why I give him my top spot. Uh, Cooper Cup, 
uh, he's just been amazing. He was amazing last year. Triple crown winner. Sauce God alluded to it. He could have won the MVP. In my opinion, if, if I had a vote, I probably would have gave it to him. I'm getting sick and tired of Aaron Rodgers beating all these teams in the regular season and then losing in the playoffs. So I know it's a regular season award, but what Cooper Cup has done in the regular season, triple crown, uh, triple crown winner, uh, is it's amazing. I don't know if we're going to see that again. So uh, I have Cooper Cup um, definitely in my top five. Um, I think a lot of guys won't have him, and I don't have this in no particular order. I don't think a lot of guys will have him in their top in, the, in one of their top receivers. But Mike Evans has had a thousand yards like in every That's year of his career. Every year he's been in the league eight seasons. He has eight one thousand yard seasons. What more do what more do you want a guy to do? I think he's a little unappreciated. Uh, it doesn't matter. But he only had Tom Brady two years. He had other another quarterback six uh, six other seasons, and he was still able to produce at a, at a high level. So I like Mike Evans, and of course Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs. Uh, the, uh, for the record, I don't have Mike Evans in front of Stephon Diggs, uh, but Stephon Diggs is definitely. Uh, in the top five or should be considered a top five wide receiver because he's the complete package, right? Like you said, like you said, like both of you gentlemen said earlier, he had 2,000 yard seasons, two 1,000 yard seasons uh, before he coming over to the Buffalo Bills, doing it in a multitude of ways. He had one where he only had 62 receptions and had over 1,000 yards, and then he had over 100 receptions and had 1,000 yards. So he had two different schemes, and he still was able to eclipse 1,000 yards with the Minnesota Vikings. Then he comes over to the Buffalo Bills, and he shows why uh, he is – uh, a proven number one wide receiver and Stefan Diggs, in my opinion, is is without a doubt uh, a top five wide receiver. And I know there's great receivers in, in Tyreek Hill and DeAndre Hopkins, but uh, I can't name a top five without naming uh, a Stefan Diggs in that top five. You know, you could also argue, too, that Allen and Diggs is now the best quarterback receiver combination in the NFL with Rodgers and Devontae Adams not playing together or or Tyreek Hill and Patrick Mahomes. You could easily say that, I mean, all day. You know what I mean? So does that matter more than being number one in the league? You know what I mean? Being the best receiver in the league? Or does it matter that much better just to have, you know, Josh Allen and the combination of those two? Because Allen to Diggs is, is the best connection there is. Yeah, I like it. I like it. I like it a lot. Let me get some. Let me get some thoughts. Let me get some thoughts. Chris. Chris says Cup freak last year uh made a lot in fantasy. Yeah, he did make a lot of fantasy. I don't know how I had Cooper Cup on my fantasy team and I still lost in the playoffs. It's just it's, it's crazy to me. But Cooper Cup is definitely should be considered uh one of the top wide receivers in this NFL. And I couldn't even be mad if people think he is indeed the best wide receiver in the NFL. Justin says Evans is so underrated. I agree, man. I agree. I think at Mike Evans, I don't think he gets looked at enough as as being uh as a being a premier number one wide receiver. Um, Drew says, facts, bro. Evans is a beast. People forgot about him. Uh, definitely agree. Kenny says, Kenny um, Evans is not even the best wide receiver on Tampa. Uh, you think Chris Godwin is better than – you think Chris Godwin is better than Mike Evans? Okay. I wouldn't be mad at it. I'm a Penn State guy. I wouldn't be mad at it. But I, I, like, <laughs> I, like, I like Mike Evans. And, again, eight 1,000-yard seasons in a row to start your career. He's been in the league eight years, eight 1,000-yard seasons. That's hard for me to ignore. 
So um, plus, I, plus Mike Evans gives Tom Brady milestone balls away to crowd members like it's nothing. So that gives him like an extra point for me because screw that Tom Brady. <laughs> right, right. And think of and and, and it says Master Park. Master Park says Evans is who pushes Diggs to six for me. Only thing missing from Diggs game uh, is him being a big time red zone red zone target. And that's interesting. Master Park said this. I'm, let me read some numbers to you, Master Park, and let me know what you think. In the last four years, last four years, Stefan Diggs. Uh, four thousand yards, four one thousand yard seasons, three hundred ninety five receptions, four thousand nine hundred eleven yards, thirty three touchdowns. Mike Evans in his last four years, two hundred ninety seven receptions, four thousand seven hundred and twenty two yards, and forty three touchdowns. So Diggs got us got him beating the re- uh, receptions department. Diggs got him beating the yards department. But Mike Evans, six five, that red zone threat, forty three touchdowns, ten more touchdowns than Stephon Diggs. So. Um, I think it's a comparable, uh, comparable comparison between those two receivers, and it's take your pick. Me personally, I'm going with my guy Stefan Dix. Uh, any more comments before I move on? Any more comments? No love for Antonio Brown, Bills legend out there, people. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> no love for Antonio Brown. Um, Stafford and Cup might be better than Allen Diggs, and you know what, Daniel Garis. I may I may have to agree with you there. I may doing putting up those numbers in year one. Stefan Diggs, fifteen hundred yards, one hundred twenty five receptions was impressive, but as impressive as that was in year one, Cup and Stafford in year one got him beat. So Anthony Source God, what you got to say to that? I mean, he's he's not wrong according to what Dan Orlovsky on ESPN was saying the other day. I mean, I could I could see the Stafford and Cup, but let's see it for more than one year. Let's see it for more than one year. You know what I mean? Like the Odell Beckham Jr. thing also made the game. I mean, I know he came over to L.A. later in the season, but what that makes it a what that can do for Cooper Cup's game. I mean, we saw it opened up the targets for him in the Super Bowl. I mean, Odell Beckham Jr. was on pace to having a better game at that rate. But Mm -hmm. I still think that Stephon Diggs is a more a more threatening receiver to me based on like, like Akeem said, the total package. So I, I, for me, it's still Allen to Diggs because Allen to me is the best quarterback and I still got Stefan Diggs in my top five receivers. Now that's a good point, Anthony, because, Oh, sorry, Rich. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, bro. No, I just gonna, I was just going to say like to that point as well, it's their first year together and uh, wait for defenses to adjust next year in the NFL, because we saw that this year with the chiefs and early in the year, you know, the unstoppable force that was Mahomes and Hill and Kelsey for years, you know, they kind of got figured out in the beginning. It was a chess game of if the enemy and Reed could figure it out how to counter that. So they did eventually, but what's well, like, defense like started Alan figuring it out said, at the end, beginning of the year, playing well, that deep. Two cover said, zone. He had said once, you know, something about, you know, there's good, good teams, good teams get figured out eventually, but great teams figure it out. You know what Good I mean? One, like, yeah. so that's that's the biggest thing. So I I, I want to see if Stafford and Cup can do that, but Absolutely. maybe that that's gonna the lead to them playing the Buffalo Bills in the Super Bowl. Maybe, maybe. And one maybe. final point. Let me get this one final point because I want to get your thoughts on this before we move on to our next topic. Uh, Lone Wolf. Lone Wolf says Cousins and Jefferson is a pretty damn good combo as well. And the reason why I bring this up is obviously Justin Jefferson, Stefan Diggs, that trade. Uh, so they're they're they seem like they're going to be forever in sync. Are there any regrets? Do any of you say to yourself, you know what, we could have had Justin Jefferson, who's about six years younger. Uh, uh, he would have been on his rookie deal. Or or are you happy with 
our acquisition of Stefan Diggs. What are your overall thoughts about about the trade? And, and let's put this 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 trade to bed and uh, and be satisfied with our Stefan Diggs after this discussion. Anyone yeah, want to go man, first? Man, man you yeah. go first. Oh, thanks, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I couldn't be happier with Diggs uh, on the Bills. Honestly, you know, first of all, there's no guarantee we would have picked Justin Jefferson. I mean, we could have pulled right. an Eagles and take Jalen Rager when they should have taken Justin Jefferson. So, I mean, there was there was no guarantee that Jefferson was the guy being wanted. I hope he was because he's really good and he was really good at LSU as well. But right. no guarantee. So that's an alternate universe kind of thing. Uh, the whole thing with Diggs too is, and we haven't mentioned. When he was, I think, Rich, you you alluded to it before, mm-hmm. but when mm-hmm. he came over, like, what was all the talk? Like, as soon as he starts knocking in the ball or, you know, he he's going to be an issue in the locker room. And mm-hmm. in the overtime game against the Chiefs last year, he had three catches, seven yards. You would think after that, he'd be like, man, I don't know. I'm not happy with this. I'm not happy mm-hmm. with my production. Turns mm-hmm. around in the offseason, signs a what is a lifetime deal with the bills. So, I mean, all the naysayers, all the, the haters when, when he came over from Minnesota, that guy's been nothing but a consummate professional. Uh, he's been a pros pro. He's been great for Josh. He's been great for this organization, great for the community as well. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I've been nothing but happy with the digs acquisition. So it's funny when we made that trade, like I remember exactly what I was doing. I was playing Warzone. And I was, you know, I got, I got the notification. I was on, you know, I was on my buddy who's actually in the chat too, Drew Lawrence. Shout out to my buddy Drew. We're, we're sitting there, and I go, yo, Bills just, Bills just traded for Stephon Diggs. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. What do we give yep. up? And then what do we give up? And then find out it's the first round pick. Now I swear, and I just looked at my Facebook memories to verify this, so you guys can. I'm telling you, this ain't no BS. I wanted Justin Jefferson. That's who I wanted with that first round pick. I thought he was, I thought he was the best receiver based on his skill set. Mm-hmm. The big time plays that he had at LSU, the experience mm-hmm. he had playing with Joe Burrow, I mm-hmm. thought that he was an exceptional receiver. But Drew actually was the one that broke it down to me because I wasn't a big fan of trading first round picks at, at at that moment. Because as Bills fans, we have a little bit of PTSD from Sammy Watkins, which we saw guys like Odell Beckham and Mike Evans and even Calvin Benjamin that year mm-hmm. play better seasons than Sammy Watkins. We're not going to get into that, but. <laughs> Drew said to me, Stefan Diggs is a proven receiver. We don't have the question marks of, you know, Justin Jefferson is very good, yes, but the situation he is in in Minnesota, I believe, makes it much easier for a young guy like him to develop. You have Adam Thielen, who's a proven receiver. You have Dalvin Cook, one of the top three, in my opinion, mm-hmm. running backs in the NFL. A proven when quarterback in Kirk Cousins, even if he's not a, a playoff, necessarily a playoff con- a winner or a Super Bowl contender, but... Mm-hmm. It, it brings me back to the whole Patrick Mahomes was the pick that the Chiefs the Chiefs made with, with when we traded back and we ultimately got Tredavious White. Everybody said, oh, we could have had Patrick Mahomes. And, of course, this is before Josh Allen became Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. But Patrick Mahomes wouldn't have been Patrick Mahomes with that current Bill situation neither. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's hindsight. It's 2020. We made out well. So did Minnesota. So as a Bills fan, I, I'm nothing but happy for what Stephon Diggs has done. And I could care less that Justin Jefferson is younger. There was no guarantee, as as Matt was saying, there was no guarantee when Justin Jefferson came, if, if he were to come to Buffalo, that he would have been what he is currently for the Minnesota Vikings. So All I right. think, if anything, this is an example of a trade that worked out incredibly well for both teams. Not, not, no one side won more than the other. This was a beautiful thing for both teams, and I'm glad that we could get something like this done. And I'm glad it could actually, for once, be a win-win-win situation. 
Right, man. And this, and I know I heard of the, I heard of the saying win-win, you know, you know, coming up, but if, if you could put win-win in a dictionary, I think that trade between the Minnesota Vikings and the Buffalo Bills is the definition of a win-win trade for both teams. And, um, I'm happy. Yeah. I'm happy with our guy, our guy, Stefan Diggs as well, but um, I know the comment section is going off. I'll get into some more comments in a minute, but I want to move on to our next topic, right? Because the next topic is a, is another another very interesting topic, and a lot of people in the comment section has been talking about it already as well. And that is um this guy right here, right? Jordan Poyer switches agents, right? I'm not sure who was his agent before, but I know who his agent is now. And uh, Drew Rosenhaus put up this tweet welcome to the Rosenhaus family for Jordan Poyer I think Jordan Poyer liked it himself and um we all know uh or we should know Drew Rosenhaus in my opinion this guy Drew Rosenhaus is uh the most well-known agent in all of sports right at least at least coming up in my time this was a man uh in Drew Rosenhaus that's been around for three decades for three decades since 1989 his first client was a guy by the name of Robert Massey Robert Massey was a standout Division II player, cornerback who went on to play nine seasons in the NFL. That was his first client. And Drew Rosenhaus, as we may know or may not know, he had a lot of high-profile clients ever since, from Terrell Owens to Shady McCoy to Tyreek Hill and Frank Gore, Antonio Brown, Chad Ochocinco Johnson, Rob Gronkowski, Warren Sapp, and now our very own Jordan Poyer, right? So I have to ask the question. Jordan Poyer tabs Drew Rosenhaus to be his agent. What does that mean? And should we be concerned? Matt, I want to get you first. Uh, whew, this is this is a tough one. Um, tough one. Very tough one. You, met, you, you rattled off the clientele list. Some upstanding citizens some not so uh or, or questionable characters you can put greg hardy in that list as well as former drew rosenhouse clients so yep, uh, yep. but you know drew rosenhouse you, you the picture on the screen man the man had a a superman symbol on his shirt on his polo shirt i mean the ego on this guy i i'm scared to death honestly uh because <laughs> I look at the rap sheet for Drew Rosenhaus and all the things he's done in the past and whether it was, you know, leaping into Plaxico Burris's arms when he was released from prison after shooting himself in the thigh or swimming with yep. sharks and trying to grab him physically or breaking flaming bricks during a martial arts exposition exposition like Drew yep. Rosenhaus is a weird dude, but he is a shark and that's his nickname, the shark. So uh, you said it earlier, you alluded to it earlier, Rich, like, we can't pay everyone. We just gave a huge contract to Diggs. Allen's contract is going to kick into full gear shortly mm -hmm. here. I mean, you got Ed Oliver coming up. You got Dawson Knox coming up. You can't pay everyone. And mm. the thing is, I didn't think we need to sign Jordan Poyer because <laughs> he is one of the most important players on this defense. And while uh, Drew Rosenhaus in his corner, like he's going to get paid and he's going to get paid big because he just he's coming off one of his best seasons as a pro. I mean, all pro selection, uh, five interceptions, uh, consistently near or over 100 tackles since his time with the Bills. Uh, I'm scared to death, and and I'm scared because 
I'm worried we're not going to re-sign Jordan Poyer now. It seems like he wants to be in Buffalo, so I'm happy about that. But yes, I just hope the money works out. And Bean's a contract wizard. He's a salary cap wizard. So uh, as I said earlier, in Bean we trust. I think he's going to make it happen, but uh, maybe at a higher price than pre-Drew Rosenhaus. Now, and, and, you know, excellent, excellent points, Matt. And, you know, the saying has always been you can't pay everybody. Well, I, I, damn it. Let me right. see if Bean can try. Let me see if we could get one of those hold my beer moments from Ben <laughs> Brandon Bean. And before I get into, before I get into you, Anthony, before I get into you, Source God, uh, I, I just give my take, my two cents, right quick. Um, what does this mean, right? Jordan Poyer will be thirty-one when this season starts. So his next year, his next deal, may essentially be his last deal. So he wants to make sure that in the prime of his career he wants to get the most lucrative contract of his career right because this guy we're talking about he wasn't a first round pick we're talking about a seventh round pick former seventh round pick he didn't get paid a lot of money uh he had his struggles in cleveland he came over to buffalo he didn't get paid a lot of money uh you 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 ask uh you ask a lot of a, a lot of people around the nfl you ask his wife he took a lot of team-friendly deals Right. So I think what this means is this 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 switching of agents essentially means from Jordan Poyer is like, OK, I've been patient. I've, I've waited my turn, but now don't forget about me. Hey, I'm an all pro player here. I'm an all pro player here. And now it's my time to get paid. I watch all these guys get paid. And we all know, I wish they could do something different in terms of announcing contracts because when, when you announce contracts and it's so public, players get jealous. Players, people get jealous when you announce these big contracts and they say, hey, it's my turn, it's my time. And I think that's what's going on with Jordan Poyer. It's his turn, it's his time. He's an all-pro player and he wants to make sure that he has the right agent, the necessary agent to get him that lucrative contract he deserves whether it's on the Buffalo Bills or, God forbid, somewhere else. Sauce God, your thoughts. Well, I again, it's it's that whole saying of you can't pay everybody. I love that Akeem just said that, you know, let, let's see if Bean can try. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I do think in a sense that them reaching out to the Bills and saying, hey, he wants to finish his career here in Buffalo, and it seems that that's the – that's the consensus between both sides. Sure. Jordan does deserve to get paid. Let's let's be honest. He deserves to be paid for what he has done his entire time with Buffalo. He this one all-pro season is 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 does not sum it up. He has basically been an all-pro caliber safety the entire time that he has been in Buffalo. Whether mm-hmm. it's in the passing game or whether it's being huge in the run-stopping game. Mm-hmm. Jordan Poyer has also been a leader, and he's been vocal. I think back to that game against the Patriots, uh, how fired up. He, he had me more fired up to run through a freaking brick wall than oh, maybe yes. some of the guys on that defense. But right. he does deserve to get paid, and he has taken team-friendly deals. And I don't think that this is a sign that he's on his way out. I don't think that this is necessarily even a reason to be worried. But I do think that it is like like Akeem said, this is this is a sense of urgency. He deserves to be paid. And mm-hmm. in the NFL, the NFL, we see this more often of guys that, that, that wanna that wanna they wanna restructure their deals because this is a business where you are constantly physically in jeopardy of losing your job. 
You're mm-hmm. one hit away from never playing another down in the NFL. And mm-hmm. all that money that's not guaranteed does not mm-hmm. go in your pocket. You know, and that's yeah. the biggest thing about NFL contracts. But we've seen it. You know, as Matt just said, we've we've seen it. And being we trust, he moves money around and he makes it possible to where I, I, I still don't even know how the hell we're above cap after everything that we have absolutely done in this offseason. Masterful. That guy is a wizard, but I have faith in him. And I also do have faith that Jordan Poyer wants. I, I think that him and Micah Hyde make each other so much better. And I think that that's going to be important to him down the road in this future contract extension talk. Now, it's very interesting. And before I'm, I'm going to go into my next my next question, I, both of y'all kind of answered it, but I'm, uh, I'm going to go into it anyway before I get into the comment section and get their thoughts. Um, and it's very interesting because it's like, now, People may agree to disagree with me here. I thought, I initially thought before I seen the presence that Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde has for the Buffalo Bills defense, I kind of thought the safety position was like the running back position on defense. That's how I kind of viewed the safety position. I thought that you can kind of like, okay, we know it's important. We know it, it has its importance, but I think you can you can find... And, and plug and play safeties because I don't think they're as important as, as defensive ends or as important as, as, as cornerbacks. But when you have or when you see the, the presence of what Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer brings to the Buffalo Bills, it totally changes my, my stance on how I feel about the safety position. So I'm going to get right back into you, Source God. Um, Jordan Poyer, re-sign or let walk. And I and I and I want you to answer this with with knowing that in the back of your head like okay, there's a salary cap. There you probably can't pay everybody even though we want we hope to have a hold my beer moment and we're going to try. But I just want to get your thoughts. Resign, let walk for Jordan Poyer. And then I'm going to get into I'm going to get into Matt, then I'm going to get into the comments. Well, this is a tough question because I've actually been asked by a lot of people in Bills Mafia, you know, if you're going to keep one of the two safeties, who would you keep? Mm. And I'm going to use that to kind of help me with this argument because this is not a question I wanted to answer, but it's a question I'm ready to answer. I think if it can if it came down to it, I'd rather have Micah Hyde just because Ooh. of what Micah Hyde kind of does in the passing game. I mean, Jordan Poyer, what Jordan Poyer kind of does is he plays that safety position kind of like a cross between a defensive back and a linebacker, like right in the middle. You know what I mean? More of a run stopping, but, but his, his vocal presence, I'm not, I'm not questioning that and his importance to this defense. I'm not questioning that, but if it came down to it, how important is it to keep a guy like Micah Hyde or keep a guy like Jordan Poyer and keep a guy like Ed Oliver? I think if it came down to it, if you couldn't work out a way to, you know, to still to give him enough guaranteed money, but you can't just hand out, you know, complete guaranteed contracts. Like I said, in the NFL, this is a physical business where you can't pay that kind of money and then have a guy, you know, under contract for four years and he plays half of one. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, so I think in that case, if you had to, you let him walk. Jordan Boyer is important to this team. He's important to this team, but is he important to the entire future of this team? Because we're not talking about being good for one or two years. We're talking about trying to be a, a, a Super Bowl contender for 10 to 15 while Josh Allen is quarterback of this Buffalo Bills team. And Jordan Poyer, like you said, 31, plays a plays a plays the position pretty tough. 
You know what I mean? He's played. He's played. He's only missed two games the entire time he's been with the Bills. And I, as much as I admire that, that doesn't usually continue for a guy that plays his position for very, very mm-hmm. long in the NFL. So I think if you look at it in the business mindset, and I'm not saying that it can't get done. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that he can't mm-hmm. get re-signed. But if it came down to it, if it was going to jeopardize the future, if it came down to it, I would let him walk. Yeah. And that's that. You know, that hurts my heart. That hurts my heart. But I, I understand and I and, and I and I like the assessment because we have to be realistic here, right? What we do as fans a lot, you know, we 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 get attached to players. We get attached to players, we get this emotional attachment to players, and they're good players, and we don't want to see them leave. So we want you to resign and you to resign and you to resign. But reality is there is a salary cap, there are restrictions, and you can't pay everybody. So I, I I really like that assessment. Um, I'm a I'm a answer, and then I'm gonna let Matt go. Um, I'm I'm gonna disagree though. <laughs> I'm gonna disagree here, man. Um, I I would like uh for Jordan Poyer to resign. You know, uh, I would hope that Brandon Bean can figure out a way to sign him. He's gonna be he's 30 right now, going to be 31 when the season starts. Uh, so 31, 32, 30. I think he has at least three good years left in, in, in him, three, three, uh, highly productive years left in him. So I'm hoping we can get him on a, on a three-year contract extension. I mean, even if it's a four-year contract extension with an out in year three, uh, I think it would be, it would be beneficial for the Buffalo Bills. He is an important part, uh, to the Bills defense and he's been anywhere. And I think you made an excellent point there, Anthony, uh, Jordan Poyer has been anywhere, from good to great during his five years with the Buffalo Bills. Now, he's a first-team All-Pro last season, but he's been unappreciated since he's come to the Buffalo Bills. He should have multiple Pro Bowls under his under his resume, under his belt, because he's done nothing but perform at a high level ever since coming over to the, to the Buffalo Bills. He is a, a, a do-it-all safety. He can play in the box. He can play deep in coverage. He's a high IQ player. We're talking about a man that had five interceptions, three sacks, eight tackles for loss, three quarterback hits, and he's durable. We're talking 81 possible games for Jordan Poyer in his in his five-year career. You made an excellent point, Anthony. He's played in 79 of them. 79 out of 81 possible games. Now, in football, I know Eli Manning is an Iron Man and he had all these starts, but that's kind of that's Iron Man-esque, if you ask me, playing the safety position, playing that combat position that he's playing. Um, what more can you possibly want? from Jordan Poyer. He has done everything he was supposed to do and then some since becoming a part of the Buffalo Bills organization. So my opinion, if we can, if Brandon Bean can find a way to do so, uh, I would be all for re-signing a Jordan Poyer. And last but not least, um, of course he's older and he can his, his play can drop a little bit, but I, I don't think it will. I don't think it will because he's not a he's not a freak of nature. He's not this athletic specimen that rely on his athletic abilities. He relies on his instincts and his IQ. That's what makes Jordan Poyer a great player. And you can't take those attributes away from him no matter how old you get. So I'm all for re-signing, re-signing a Jordan, a Jordan Poyer. Matt, let me get your thoughts. 
man, you guys, both of you guys made excellent points. Uh, Anthony, you said, let him walk. Richie said, resign. I, I don't know. Like, I'm on the fence about this one. And Anthony said this was a tough question. I it is, wholeheartedly it is. agree. It is a super tough question. Rich, I think you made a great point, Um, you know, about his Iron Man-esque ability. But the thing is, in his, before his five years with the Bills here, he didn't. He doesn't have a lot of tread on the tires with the Browns. He didn't get a lot of run with the Browns. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anthony, I think you made a point about it, and Rich, you made a point as well. Safeties don't really play into their forties like the Tom Brady's of the world and quarterbacks mm-hmm. and some of these other positions can do. Even Tio mm-hmm. wants to come back at this point in his age, but um, and Jerry Rice played so long back in the day as a wide receiver, but. Like I look at someone like Malcolm Jenkins, like Malcolm Jenkins just retired. He was 34 years old, Mm -hmm. high, high level player, but Mm -hmm. he played at a high level and he played those amount of snaps every single year of, I think his 13 year career. So Jordan Mm -hmm. Poyer pre bills doesn't have though that snap count that like a guy like Malcolm Jenkins had. So, you know, I just think he's so important to this team that you have to resign him. Rich, you, you, rattled off the list of everything he does and his IQ and both in the run game and the pass game and how, how so important it is to the success of this defense. Uh, but again, I could see them letting him walk because mm. it feels like Brandon Bean has kind of prepared for him to walk. If you look at guys like Tamar Hamlin, if you look at guys like Jaquan Johnson, even mm. a Josh Thomas who was undrafted, who they've kept around, I've Excellent liked point. all these three guys. I've liked all these three guys. I think they showed out in the preseason. They've all had their moments in the preseason. Mm. You know, it feels like they're kind of preparing for this moment of, of letting Poyer uh, walk. So I, that's why I'm on the fence about this. I would, if I was in Brandon Bean's shoes, you got to make the money work. You got to resign him. He's super important. And this is the window. Like this three to five years is the window to make this thing happen, to win the big one. So <laughs> I, I think is if you can be as, you know, keep the continuity as continuous as it can be, you know, I, I think you got to do it any means necessary. The Saints operated $70 million over the cap for the longest time. They were just so over the cap, but they won a Super Bowl. Does any fan care that they operated $70 million over the cap? I don't. I, if I was a Saints fan, I wouldn't. If As long as Drew Brees is holding that Lombardi trophy at the end of the day, Josh mm-hmm. Allen's holding, holding that Lombardi trophy yeah. at the end of the day. So right. I think you just got to resign him at this point and keep keep a good thing going. I like it. I like it. Um, let me get some thoughts in the comment section. Resign or let walk Jordan Poirier. How do y'all feel, comment section? How do y'all feel about the prospect of resigning or possibly letting Jordan Poirier walk? Um, let me get some thoughts in here. Let me get some thoughts. Um, they get Chris Hill. Chris Gill. Chris Gill says Poirier didn't start playing right out of college when he was drafted in NFL. Plenty of tread of the, on those tires. And I like that comment. I like that assessment. Um, seventh round pick. Uh, he was drafted by the Eels, traded to the Cleveland Browns. Uh, he didn't play that much. He lacerated his kidney his last year before coming over to the Buffalo Bills. Uh, so he does have a lot of tread of those tires. I believe that's one of the reasons why I don't look at his age as much as a factor and believe he still has at least – at least two years of highly productive football in him after this year, which would be three in total. So I like the comment. Spin. Daniel says you're right. Let me see what Daniel was right about. Let me get some more comments in here. Uh, Joey Hat says, if you pay Poya a big contract, what are you going to give Mike High when he wants another contract? And that's 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 an interesting thing, right? I think Jordan Poya is a year younger than Micah High, 
Um, Matt, question out of the blue on the fly for you. And everybody answering the comment section as well. Who is more important to the defense, Jordan Poyer or, or Micah Hyde? Who is that, more that, important? That's a great question. I mean, we could we could argue this for hours on end, but you you look at a you look at a game like the the Patriots wildcard game this year, the the amazing play Micah High made, and Ooh. I just don't see anyone else on this team making that kind of play. So, mm-hmm. Mike, I mean, they're two different players, right? Micah Hyde's mm-hmm. more of a center fielder. He assesses the game. He's the the quarterback of the defense, if you will. Uh, he mm-hmm. sees all uh, 10 other players on the defense, what they're doing. And um, he, I think instinctually he's just far and away, like the more important player at this point. Like I said, I think they're grooming guys like Jaquan Johnson and DeMar Hamlin to replace the in the box, kind of do it all safety that Jordan Poyer is. So I would say if it was between the two, like gun to my head, I'm, I'm going hide. Going hide. So it's God. Hide a Poyer. Again. I, I mean, it's like, uh, again, because they are two different types of safeties and they are both, in my opinion, so incredibly important to the way that this Buffalo Bills defense plays and the way that, that they've been successful playing alongside one another. I, th- I think that, honestly, when we got Micah Hyde, though, obviously we didn't see as much um, production from Jordan Poyer because we didn't see the playing time and obviously, you know, like saying the seventh round pick. But mm-hmm. we saw more we, – we were able to see a little bit more of a sample size from Micah Hyde when he played for the Green Bay Packers. I remember when when we got Micah Hyde, though, myself and my friend Craig um, talked about this, that he was honestly one of the best safeties in the NFL, that nobody really had any idea about how good he was really going to be. I think, again, that Patriots play sums it up for me. And when I saw that, that instinct just kick in to where – Micah Hyde single-handedly took over momentum because at mm-hmm. that moment of the game, I still remember being a little – this is before we just went for touchdown after touchdown, touchdown after touchdown. Right, right. I thought to myself, if the Patriots score here, we're going to have Trouble. a ball game. Yeah. But Micah Hyde made sure that it was never even close to becoming a ball game. So for me, again, got into my head like Matt said, it's Micah Hyde, and it's it's so close. It's so close. But that's that, to me, it's Micah Hyde. And I'm not mad at either one of you guys. I don't think I'm going to take it a step further. I don't, I would have to see it to believe any other safety in the NFL period can make that play that Micah High made right. against Mac Jones. Cause I, I know there's other good safeties, but I just don't, I would have to see it to believe it. Cause that play was probably the single most remarkable play I've ever seen on defense. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that play that Micah High made. And because of that, yes. Out of nowhere. Out of nowhere, bro, and and it's hard. I remember when the hard. pass was made. I was yelling, "Where's the safety?" And then yeah. Hyde just Hyde off from uh, off screen comes out of nowhere, like Mario like, running in the screen or something. Amazing, amazing play, man! Amazing play, and because of that, I may have to agree, I may have to agree here. Uh, people Jones, just get used to it. Justin says Hyde. <laughs> um, uh, says Hyde as well. Dan says Hyde is Hyde as well. Juan says Hyde all day. I. I it's almost it's almost unanimous. James is saying Micah Hyde, it's, and it's interesting. Micah Hyde is the better might be the better player to us, but Jordan Poyer is the safety that want to get paid the lucrative contract. So that's interesting to say. That's interesting to say because once Jordan Poyer get paid, what is Micah Hyde going to say? And is that going to be a problem? Because that that's that's just that's just the nature of the beast in the NFL. When you see one person get paid, you want to follow suit. Um, a couple more comments, and then I'm gonna move on. Uh, I would say Hyde is the more important player. Let my brother Let's Talk says, I, I say Jordan Poyer. Okay, we got a Jordan Poyer in there. there uh, Spin says, Hyde is the more important 
more more important to our defensive philosophy than Poirier because Hyde prevents big plays. I like it. I like it a lot. Master Park says uh, Hyde because of the knowledge and skill and because he plays special teams in a pinch as well. Yeah. When we don't want to fumble, when we want a guy to catch the ball, we, we, we'll send Micah Hyde's ass back there. And he might not get no yards, but he's going to secure the football. So, yeah, yeah you're absolutely right. Um, one more comment before I move on. Poyer. They should give him the same as Hyde and two-year deal or three years the same money. Uh, I, I I like it. I don't. Is it that much People money to go around? Contracts. Well, is that is it that much money to go around? Uh, I don't know. We'll see. But if anybody can do it, uh, it's definitely Brandon Bean. But um, uh, excellent assessment on that Jordan Poyer situation. I want to move on. Uh, we've been going on an hour right now, so we don't have too much time left. But I appreciate Matt for kicking uh, Matt for kicking it with me. Uh, Sauce God as well. Uh, you are watching Billsology. This is indeed the Bills and Buffalo Network. Please smash that like if you haven't done so already. Um, I want to move on. The draft. The draft is, is steadily approaching. And I think this is a, a, a good segue because I, I got your thoughts about uh, the safety position. Now I want to get your thoughts about uh, we're going to talk about the safety some more, but I want to include another position. The draft is steadily approaching. We are a little under, I believe, three weeks away from the draft. April 28th is, is April 9th right now. So we're a little under three weeks away from the NFL draft. Um, in my opinion, our Buffalo Bills, we do not have many glaring needs. Um, one need we all could agree on that the Buffalo Bills do have, one glaring hole maybe that the Buffalo Bills do have is – the cornerback position, right? The cornerback position is a need. Um, I would take it as far as to think if we don't sign a veteran cornerback, we need to double up at that position because we don't know when Trey White is coming back. Uh, Dane Jackson is 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 a seventh round pick. He's 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 played, but we definitely want to have more competition beyond Trey White and Dane Jackson, especially this year with Trey White uh, having a significant injury. Uh, interior offensive line may be a need to address at some point in the draft, but overall, from top to bottom, the Buffalo Bills have a have a pretty pretty loaded roster right now, in my opinion. But we do have some positions that may or may not become a need in the near future, and I want to get these two positions up here. Uh, the first one is obviously. Jordan Poyer, Micah Hyde, the safety position, right? We just discussed Jordan Poyer about should we re-sign and let walk. Why? Because he is a free agent after this season. Micah Hyde is a free agent after next season. So essentially one and two years left on their respective deals, and they're both north of the age of 30. So that's one position that I think of that could be a need in the future. And another position I think of that could be a need in the future, in the near future, is Jermaine Edmonds and the middle linebacker position. He's going into his fifth year of his contract. I seen uh, Brandon Bean pay uh, uh, Stefan Diggs with two years left on his deal. I seen uh, Brandon Bean pay Josh Allen with a year or two left on his deal, but he didn't do that with Tremaine Edmonds. <laughs> so uh, I I have to ask this question. Telling you something. <laughs> it, 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 it's telling me something. Uh, and, um, you know, I, I, I have common sense a little bit. So I have to pose the question. Um, 
which is the more pressing need for the Buffalo Bills? More pressing need for the Buffalo Bills in the future, safety or linebacker? May not be a need right now, right this moment, because we do still have these guys on the roster. But if the Buffalo Bills was to, was to be forward thinkers in this year's draft, what would be the more pressing need? Matt. Oh, you had to start with me, didn't you, Rich? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, another another tough question. You're really tough you're really killing it with the questions tonight. Uh, on Bill's allergy here. Oh, I, I can I can I can give you my assessment if you want, and then I can and I can then I can uh, rebuttal to you if that's what you like. It's up to you. Yeah, no, I no, I could I could say, but I mean, the the chat's gonna like go crazy because I am not a fan of Tremaine Evans. Like <laughs> I I just okay. I, I don't I don't know I I. He's okay. And if you ask me, should we keep Tremaine Edmonds like a month ago? I would have said absolutely not. Like, don't mm. give him an extension. The things he is deficient at, and from what I see, you know, and rightfully using his athleticism, I think he takes on blocks too easily. He doesn't use his athleticism to shed them. He doesn't, he's, you, you talk about intellectual ability with Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer. I don't know if Tremaine Edmonds has that in terms of gap, you know, mm. penetration and, and, picking the right gap assignments and things like, like he just seems to struggle in those areas. And for a guy who I think has, you know, the highest of ceilings in terms of athletic ability mm-hmm. um, and he's still very young, which gives me hesitancy to, to give you this like little spiel. Um, I, I just don't know. It just doesn't seem like he fixes the problem. So uh, if you would ask me four weeks ago, I would have said don't sign Tremaine Edmonds and linebackers, a huge need. But mm-hmm. then Bobby Wagner's contract contract comes along and it's only $10 million a year. And for a guy like Bobby Wagner, who averages like 120 plus tackles a year, mm-hmm. I know he's a, a older than Tremaine by a, a quite a bit at this mm-hmm. point. But man, if, if you can give that same contract to Tremaine at 10 million a year for the next four or five years, mm-hmm. I think I do that. It's all about, it's you all sure? about value in terms of okay. production versus contract to me. So uh, I don't know, like I mentioned the young guys at safety that I like, I still think linebacker is a huge need because they mm-hmm. do play that big nickel, that Taron Johnson S role is their base defense. Uh, so they only run two linebackers on a majority of their snaps. So uh, if you lose Tremaine, even if Milano, who's a guy who's been injury prone in the past, like you got to have a good backup plan. And Klein was, I think, a pretty good backup plan. But now that we don't have Klein, it, it's looking a little shaky. And Andre Smith, Joe Giles Harris. Mm-hmm. It, it, are these guys proven? No. Um, so I, th- I think linebacker at this time. I like it. I, I, I like it a lot. So Scott. Well, the last time that I was on here with Billsology with you, Akeem, we talked yes, about, you know, my biggest needs and 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 it was kind of I had a little shock there when I said linebacker is what I had in round two. Yes. I had defensive back round one and in round two I have linebacker. Now, my biggest thing is I agree with so much of what Matt said. And I know there's people that think Tremaine Edmonds is a great player. Let me tell you this. Tremaine Edmonds is a great athlete. He is mm. yet to develop into a great football player. And I don't mm. and I say that with, with nothing but respect. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that the young man still has has so much upside. There's still mm-hmm. so much potential that he has not tapped into. And I think that if there was a situation where that potential could be realized, it would be in Buffalo. But I think that he does tackle seven yards down the field versus two, three yards down the field. You know what I mean? He's not a big run stopper. He's not exactly is something we can rely on in the pass coverage. I look at the reason I, again, say that linebacker is such a big need for me is exactly 
one one series of plays, and that was 13 seconds. I look at Matt Milano where he was lined up. Okay, and and I, and I don't have as many problems with Matt Milano as I do Tremaine Edmonds, but that's a topic for a different day. But I looked at how far that that linebacker was away from Travis Kelsey, and I said, I need a linebacker in that instance that's got that similar instinct to a guy like Jordan Poyer or a guy like Luke Keekley was for the Carolina Panthers, a guy that you could actually 100% count on, whether it's in the pass game or whether it's in the run game. And Tremaine Edmonds has not shown that for me yet. And Matt Milano has his downtimes too. Matt Milano's only good in certain aspects as well that I think that especially cutting A.J. Klein says to me that linebacker right now is a position that we think that we need to address. Mm -hmm. And again, Tremaine Edmonds not getting that big extension yet. So are we waiting to see what, what the value might be for that? Or are we just, are we not going to go ahead and pay him after his rookie deal is done? I just look at a guy like Devin Lloyd in the draft from Utah, a former safety. Mm-hmm. He has that safety instincts to him. Mm-hmm. And like Tremaine's a linebacker. He's always been a linebacker through and through. Even at Vatek, he was a, a linebacker. Mm-hmm. Um, and like a guy like Devin Lloyd just seems like, in that Roquan Smith kind of mold where have you, you know, seen just like do it all sideline to sideline. Love Chad Muma as well and the Kobe Dean. Yeah, those that's my guy. Those I, like no, I love all three of those. I love all yeah. I, I pick any one of those three. Muma's got a really good skill set in the past game that I just I don't see too much out of linebackers. His first one minute of tape was was two pick sixes, I think, and a and a and two a two block field goals. It's just like that right there. Boom. I want that kind of that kind of instinct at the linebacker position for the Buffalo Bills. We did well with a Wyoming guy last time, so why not? That's what right, else I right. like the bottom too. Right. right. Now we got little Wyoming Cowboys. Now I th- I think we're gonna go three for three here, man, fellas, because <laughs> I, I I now you asked me a couple of weeks ago, shout out my brother Dan Kelly, conflict of interest out this Tuesday, um 8 15 p.m. Um, I, I battled back and forth and I, I said safety initially a couple of weeks ago, but then I had to think about it, right? I'm like, hold on, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> we have Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer. We have, uh, in my opinion, the best safety tandem in football that could still be productive for another two, three, at least three seasons, in my opinion. So now when I when I further assess this, this question and the situation, uh, I have to go with linebacker as being a more pressive need right now for the Buffalo Bills. Um, there are still some uncertainties in Tremaine Edmonds' game. Now, I don't get me wrong. I like the kid. I like his. I like his. His. I like that he's a physical specimen. I I wish we had more specimens on defense in terms of the way Tremaine Edmonds is built. 6'5", 250, 50-plus pounds, runs a 4'5", 40. Uh, I I love the physical attributes, but he doesn't play, in my opinion, to that size. He doesn't play to that size. Um, I'm concerned about his read and react defense. I'm concerned about him having an understanding of where to be at in coverage. I'm concerned with him shedding blocks and being – and being engulfed in with offensive linemen. Um, uh, I'm concerned with his lack of impact plays. Um, not saying he can't improve yet, but I just, in his first four seasons, I just haven't seen that, 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 that turn around the corner that we would want to see for a guy that we traded up for in the first round uh, several years ago. I thought he possibly could have turned the corner a couple of years ago after that New England Patriots game. 
We had a New England Patriots game a couple of years ago, and we, we lost that game, but he played lights out. And I didn't really see that consistent play since. Um, on, on the flip side, there are no uncertainties in Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde's game. You know what you you know what you're going to get. You've been getting that consistent play for the last five seasons. High level, high IQ play. Uh, the only concern with with our safeties is the age, right? The age is up north of thirty, but being that they're such high IQ, high instinctive players, I believe that will carry them uh, into their thirties, into their next couple of years. So, uh, in my opinion. Uh, linebacker right now is 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 the more pressing need for the Buffalo Bills. And if we were to address a position that nobody think we would address in this draft, I believe it is indeed the linebacker position. Um, you know, it's rich too. They haven't really like during McDermott's first year. They had Lorenzo Alexander as that third linebacker, and they really have stri- like strided away from that. Like, I I wouldn't be. I, I would be surprised, but wouldn't be totally surprised if they kind of mold that in in hope in in preparation that Tremaine Edmonds might leave. They bring in a high draft line drafted linebacker and maybe run like a what they did earlier in the McDermott era of of that three that typical four three, if you will. So I could see that happening because you know there's no guarantees with Tremaine. And, and not only that, you know, like you said, what what contract what contract. Is he going to command? Being that he's 23 years old, I'm pretty sure he's going to he's going to use like a, a, a Pro Bowl on his resume as leverage. Uh, I'm pretty sure he probably wants he probably thinks in his head and probably wants to get paid like a premier linebacker in this NFL. If you think uh, if he thinks that he's worth a, a, a Darius Leonard type contract, 90 something million dollars, that's a big no for me. If you think that you're worth a Fred Warner kind of contract. 90 something million dollars. That's a big no for me. But like Matt said, if he's if you're talking about 10 million dollars a year, five years, 50 million dollars, that's something I can I can look at. But even then, can we can we find someone better than Tremaine Edmonds? And I hate to say it, I hate to say it. I think we can. I think we can. So it's gonna be interesting. I'm not gonna write him off because he's still 23 years old, turning 24 years old. He has this season to prove himself, and maybe everything clicks this season. Uh, sometimes uh, some people catch on later than others, right? Some people catch on quick, uh, and some people catch on later. And we hope that Tremaine Edmonds in his fifth year uh, can catch on uh, sooner rather than later. But like we said earlier, you can't pay everybody, right? Jordan Poyer wants a contract. Micah Hyde, we think, is better than Jordan Poyer. We, he may want a new contract soon. Ed Oliver's coming up. He may want a new contract. He's going to want a new contract. Gabriel Davis, I think Gabriel Davis is going to have a breakout year this season. What numbers is he going to command in, his, in, in the future? Because he's going to be a free agent after this season. So it's going to be a lot of questions that, that needs to be answered, and we could get some ideas based on how Tremaine Edmonds play this upcoming season. So I want to get some thoughts in the comments section. Tremaine Edmonds, Tremaine Edmonds. Spin says, if we trade Edmonds, it means we are not in win-now mode. I 100% disagree, and you know Spin, you're my bro. Spin, you're my bro, but I, I disagree. I don't think that – I think Tremaine Edmonds is a good player. I think he's a solid player, but I don't think at this juncture right now – from this the level of play we are seeing from Tremaine Edmonds, I don't think he's irreplaceable. So, um, interesting comment though. Interesting comment. 
if, if anything, I think that means if we trade Edmonds, I think that means we are in a win now mode because you're trading a rookie contract. You're trading a guy that's still guaranteed to be under contract for one year. Regardless, I mean, the win now mode is, is that one year window. That's what everybody was saying about the LA Rams. So, I mean, you know, if you're going to look at it that way. Nice. Nice. Um, let me get, let me get a couple more comments and then I'll move on. Lone says fifth year option goes beyond rookie deer. Yep. He is. He's indeed his, in his fifth year option. Indeed in his fifth year option. Master Park says the problem with Edmonds is he's too is easily manipulated in the run and pass game. Great offenses. OCs pick on Edmonds to get big plays. And that's my concern. And this is an excellent comment because not only, not only, um, offenses and OCs quarterbacks, Patrick Mahomes and, and Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady, those type of high IQ quarterbacks give Edmonds lots and lots of trouble. And that's and that's a concern. And 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 maybe he could rectify this season. Uh it remains to be seen, but we will definitely get a chance to see. Um Troy says, I have seen Tremaine Edmonds do good at times, but not consistent. I, I like that assessment. I definitely agree. Um one more comment, one more comment before I move on. <clears throat> uh, Justin says, I think with the D-line we have this year, Edmonds won't be tasked with as much as, as in, in the run game. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. Middle linebacker is still going to be his job to, 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 to garner a lot of tackles. And, you know, he's, he's had a ton of tackles in his Buffalo Bills career. We just hope that he can make more impact plays, more of an impact on our defense. Um. Spin says he's coming back again. Spin says Edmonds' role is not the playmaker role. His role opens things up for other players to make the flashy plays. And obviously, we all think we all can see that Spin is indeed a Tremaine Edmonds fan. He is going to ride out for Tremaine Edmonds. Hey, and I'm not mad at it at all, man. Uh, I think he's a solid player. I think he's a solid player. Um, <clears throat> one more comment, and then we're going to move on. He spin says uh, Edmonds has a very high football IQ. I'm not. I, I don't. I'm going to leave that one alone. <laughs> I'm going to leave that one alone. You, if you think so, then I, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. I actually, I think that's a good comment. I, I just think because he has a maybe a high football IQ, like he's he's also very young. Where his high football IQ makes him like think about think? the game instead of just mm -hmm. having it naturally flow to him. Mm -hmm. So I like I mean, it. He, he's played since a young age. Like he's been starting at middle linebacker for this team since he's been 19 years old. So um, I, I just think, you know, he's a young kid who does have a high football IQ, but playing that middle linebacker role, you got to think of so much stuff and it doesn't just, it doesn't seem to come natural to him. And he maybe makes the wrong decisions too many times when we talked about that consistency of course yeah and i think i'm gonna leave this one or leave this one as the last one about Edmonds. Edmonds is still a work in progress and i and i like this assessment because i think he's done a lot of good things for the buffalo bills uh he at a young age he's still a young player his his ceiling he has untapped potential and at the same time he's still a work in progress um i think there's a lot of different opinions from one fan to the next and that's because of of his type of play uh, that he showed for the Buffalo Bills. He is one of the more polarizing figures uh, for the Buffalo Bills team. Um, moving on, last last uh, last topic of discussion before we get out of here. Let me get this banner down. Um, I want to get your definitions, and I want to get everybody's everybody's definition of this particular comment as well, or this particular question as well. I'm gonna start off with Source God. Source God, 
What is your definition of a core player? Well, the core player for me, and it's funny, I got to give my mom shot. I got to give my mom props for this, okay? I was sitting down having a beer with my mom, and I was talking about this for a bit. Shout my out, mom. Said, shout out, mom. You got to <laughs> shout out to my Dukes, man. You got to, man. Actually, that's who made me a Bills fan. So shout out to mom. Um, Mother's Day, one month. Right <laughs> but uh, she told me, you know, it's 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 got to be those guys that you look to when moments in the game get incredibly tough. Who mm. do you look to? That, that's gonna make a play. Who can turn or who can change the momentum? Who's vocal? Who do you go to? You know, I mean, like, I have my players for the Bills that I believe that are core players, and and I think that the more that I can sum those sum it up with those guys, it'll kind of sum it up better. But in mm-hmm. those moments of adversity, who do you lean on? To me, that is what the absolute meaning of a core player for any any team in any professional sport is. I like it. I like it, Matt. Definition, your definition of a core player. Comment section, what is your definition of core players? Yeah, great question. You know, many definitions of core players, but I go back to the Super Bowl this year. And you, if you watch like Sean McVay or listen to Sean McVay mic'd up, it's he, mm-hmm. he knows like Aaron Donald's going to make a play in that last moment. Like, like that one moment that they needed a play, he knew his core guy and Aaron Donald. He said he's, he's mic'd up saying, Don's going to make a player. Don's going to make a player. And what does he do? He makes the the game clinching play. So I, I that's that's my definition of a core player and that's why I love the Von Miller signing because I feel like what we lacked last year was a guy that Sean McDermott said, "Okay, we need a game clinching play." There's 13 seconds left. I don't want to bring that up. Uh, harsh memories, but who's going to make a play here? Who's the one guy who makes play and it, especially on the defensive line like it kind of fell down to Ed Oliver, I think. Uh, because he was the most consistent player and probably one of the most talented players on the defensive line last year, but now Von Miller's that guy. So who's going to make a play? Who's going to sack Patrick Mahomes when we need it to clinch the game? And Now that we have Von Miller, it feels like that's the guy. So uh, that's my definition of a core player. Who can the coach rely on to make a play when the game is on the line? I like it. I like it. And before I get into my my opinion of what a core player is, shout out Joshua Richardson. Shout out Joshua uh, for the super chat, Edmonds for a second round pick, maybe to the Eagles. Oh, uh, and you know what? Who knows, right? I I think I've heard that I one point. That. I think I've I've heard that one time that you know Edmonds may be one of those guys that the Buffalo Bills can trade. Now, who knows what might happen, right? It, it, anything is possible. Brandon Bean, when he first got to Buffalo, what happened? He got rid of Marcel Darius. He got rid of Sammy Watkins. He had to make another decision. Ronald Darby, he had to make another tough de- guys. <laughs> he had to make another tough decision a couple of years later by releasing LaShawn McCoy. So he, it's not like he's not a man of a custom accustomed to making tough decisions. And that would be another tough, interesting decision as well. So shout out Joshua for the super chat. Very interesting perspective. Um, but getting back into core players, my definition of a core player is uh and it's and it's so tough. Right when because when you look at core players, it can go, it can go different ways. It, it, I th- I think the construction of a team has a lot to do with it. You you would think Tyreek Hill was a core player for the Kansas City Chiefs, right? You would think Tyreek Hill is a core player. You would think Devontae Adams is a core player, but you know that's where that's where the you can't pay everybody comes in and. You know, they made a choice. They 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 want to they want to pay Patrick Mahomes a half a billion dollars and they want to pay Aaron Rodgers one of the richest contracts in NFL history. So when you're doing that, 
you're you're making the choice and 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 picking your quarterback over uh, a player that is a star player and could be looked at as a core player, but you just can't keep. So unfortunate things like that do happen. But my definition of a core player is a poor, as a player that meets and exceeds expectations in 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 producing in terms of producing for your ball club, right? I think I think that's. Uh, my, that would be my definition of a core player, players that you can see longevity with the team, you know, like uh, and we're going to get into your your we're going to get into specifics about core players in a minute. But when I look at core players, I look at core players that I look at players that is going to remain with the team for for a while. Um, that's a star player or um, that's um, going into there that gets a second contract with a team. Cause if you get in that second contract, that means that team wants you, you've been here for a while and that can that team continues to, to want to have you. And they think that it could be a possible drop off if, if they don't resign you. So I think, um, those are my, my definition of core players. And so Scott, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a swing it back to you. Who are you, who are your core players for the Buffalo bills on the offensive and defensive side of the ball? So offensively, I'm going to start before I go to the quarterback, Josh Allen, who we know is the unquestioned leader of this entire football team. I'm going to say Deion Dawkins first. Left tackle, that's Josh's, you know, that's his, that's his protector. That guy has been – you already know. Shout out to Deion Dawkins. You already know, baby. Bill's mm -hmm. Mafia loves him. He's been instrumental about – coming to play in Buffalo guys love coming to play he's he's an ambassador you know what I mean he's he's more than just a protector of Josh Allen he's an ambassador for the fan base as well as the team I look at a guy like Stefan Diggs who's been here for now this will be his third year but it's funny because I asked my mom I asked you know do you believe that Stefan Diggs is a core player she said I do because he added as Matt said a swagger to that offense and that that dog mindset that you could give the ball to me no matter what. I'm going to make a play. Mm -hmm. I'm going to make a play that that killer mindset. Mm -hmm. So I think in a sense, Stephon Diggs too. Um, Cole Beasley was. And that's the hardest part about losing Cole Beasley is I thought that he was a core player. Um, Dawson Knox still has to get there. Spencer Brown will become one as he progresses in his development. And as he gets mm -hmm. older, I think he will be. But obviously Josh Allen. And when I look at the defensive side of the football field, Vaughn Miller will become one. You can't say that he he to me. You can't say he necessarily is yet because, although he is a superstar caliber player, this will be him in his first season in his first stint with the Buffalo Bills. But I look at it's so funny. We're talking about Jordan Poyer, Micah Hyde. Those two guys are both my most incredible core defensive players. And then I think that I think that even Ed Oliver kind of stepped into a role of a core player. Um, at defensive tackle, I thought that Ed Oliver grew into his own even more, and he was even becoming more vocal and a guy that was making more plays consistently. But when it comes to who is my absolute most core player, it's the guy that started was the first piece and turn around the whole freaking thing. Tredavious White, my favorite Buffalo Bill. Tredavious mm -hmm. White, even with his injury, is a core player because of his leadership, even when he wasn't playing. He was still working with guys in practice, and he wasn't even a participant in practice. I mean, when you talk about incredibly unselfish but unquestioned leadership, and and to take in that whole this that was a real thing. McDermott said to him, "You're the first piece in this this franchise turning around." And Tre'Davious White took that head on, and what has he done? He's played to the level of all team uh, all pro 
corner every single year he's been in the league. So those are my guys when it comes to core players for the Buffalo Bills football team. I like it. I like it. Matt, who are your core players for the Buffalo Bills? Everyone. So I don't know what I've (laughs) left here, but I agree with all those, of course. And that's a crazy thing, right? Like six years ago, like if you asked the same question, we'd be like, I don't know. And now we can rattle off like a dozen guys and they're very good players, all pro players at that. So um, I just think how far we've come in this organization. Right. But one guy you failed to mention who, I think is a little undervalued and by a little, I mean a lot because he's the guy who touches the ball just as much as Josh Allen game in and game out. That's Mitch Morse. Yes, sir. I think Mitch Morse is a crucial piece of this offense that operates. I mean, Mm -hmm. not only is he protecting Josh along the offensive line, but he's calling out defensive schemes and, and reading defenses. Uh, I think he's, way more important than anyone gives him credit for on this offense. So uh, in in addition to everyone Anthony named, I got to put Mitch Morris on my list as well. You know what? I like it. I like it as well. I like it as well. And you know what? I'm just going to name the player that y'all didn't name because I have all the players that y'all have, but I'm going to name the one. Ferguson, Rich? I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say Reed Ferguson. Um, but yeah, I, I think Allen, Diggs, Dawkins, Moss, I think they're they're all are great core players. On the defensive side of the ball, I think, and now I I, I want to get your thoughts on this. I, I notice nobody has Hyde and Poyer in terms of core players. That's very interesting. That's very interesting. But core player, I have I think Teron Johnson is a core player for the Buffalo Bills. Oh I think Teron Johnson, he signed, he re-signed. He's in his second year. He's in his second contract with the Buffalo Bills. He is the main slot guy. Uh, I think the slot position, slot cornerback position, is is a, a very important position in this NFL. I think it's it's essentially taken over the Buffalo Bills. They don't run a four three defense. That's not their face. Their base defense. Their base defense is a nickel defense with the slot cornerback and Teron Johnson as the starting player, starting nickel for the Buffalo Bills. So I think he is an essential part of the Buffalo Bills defense. And along with all the other guys that you name, I think uh, Teron Johnson is indeed uh, a, a core player for the Bills. I don't think nickel cornerback is an easy position to play. At least outside corners have the boundary. At least they have the out of bounds they can use as a best friend. Uh, nickel cornerbacks, they have to play both sides, inside and outside, because it's both it's, it's green grass on both sides. So I think uh, Teron Johnson is definitely a core player for the Buffalo Bills. I like that, Rich. I mean, and how far has Teron come to? Because early fourth in his career, pick. like yeah. I, fourth round pick, Richmond, right? Like borderline making the team out of the training camp, right? But he struggled so much in that his first year and maybe a half. Like I remember multiple times where I'm like, can Taron Johnson just cover an inside slant? Like he just could not defend it to save his life. And now we're talking about him as a core player. Like that's just a testament to not only the the culture of this organization and, you know, to be cliche as possible, the process, but to Taron Johnson himself. I mean, he's, he's got, he's got the dog label now, like Jordan Poirier, Micah Hyde said, Taron's a dog. So mm-hmm. um, he's, he's super important to this defense. I totally agree with that. And it's just a testament to how hard he's worked and how far he's come since earlier in his career. Lovely, lovely comment. Lovely comment. Lovely assessments. Let me get in some comments. Put us some comments from the comment section. Kenny says core players are guys who are consistent and doesn't wait 
and doesn't wilt under pressure and thrives in big spots. And hey, man, I think that's Teron Johnson. I remember, you know, I can't forget 99 yards, Lamar Jackson, big spot, big moment right there. So, Kenny, I like it. I like it. I like it. Justin says, to me, being a core player for the Bills is a mix of character, talent, humility, and hunger. I like it. I like it. I like that a lot, actually, because we all know Brandon Bean, Sean McDermott, they value uh high character guys right high character high iq guys so i i like that i like that definition uh let me get some more comments in here um let's see let's see Maston park says a core player is a playmaker and a leader on a team a player that you envision being on the team uh on the team for a team for at least two to three years so i mean if, if you go to master park if that's the case Jordan Poyer, Micah Hyde, uh, maybe core players in your book as well. And I wouldn't argue that. I wouldn't argue that at all. Um, Justin says Poyer is a core, play, core player, although the majority of us agreed Hyatt is the better player. So if one is a core player, you have to put both in. You can't leave out one without the other, right? So uh, I wouldn't be mad at that at all. Um, Dan says, depends on the team. I can see him getting a late a late first round if offered. I guess the, the Tremaine Edmonds talks are hot and heavy. Uh, uh, a late first rounder. You never know, man. You never know. Uh, like Robert Sala. Like that all day. Robert Sala spoke highly of Tremaine Edmonds when we played the New York Jets uh, this past season. So uh, you never know. Other, other coaches and GMs might feel the same way. And uh, draft night, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Um, Lone Wolf any, says, any defense going against Zach Wilson, though, he probably spoke highly up. <laughs> right, right. Core players to me is someone you could build a team around. has been a team, and and mm. and will be with the team going forward. I like that. I like that, Lone Wolf. Um, two more, and then um, we'll wrap it up. Two more, if I can find two more. Daniel, Daniel, don't agree with me. Daniel says Teron Johnson is not a core guy. Hey, man. Hey, man. We agree to we agree to disagree there. I think Teron Johnson is every every player is not going to be an all pro player, right? I don't think every player is an all pro player, but uh, I I do really like Teron Johnson. I, I and I think he's come a long way. Fourth round pick, uh, come a long way for the Buffalo Bills. Has a second contract, so he has longevity on the team. So I, I look at longevity on a team being a a, a part of being a, a core player. Um, and you know what? I think we're going on a little over an hour and a half. Uh, I think this was this was an excellent show. Let me get let me get this off of here. My cat is crying to get out the door. Um, I think this has been a this this has been an excellent show, guys. Man, this has been a fun man, fun, fun, jam-packed show. I think it was uh, a lot of interesting discussions. I think the the topics was was good topics to discuss. I think we kept great dialogue amongst the three of us, and and in the comments section as well. I think they enjoyed the interaction and the and the, and the topics as well, man. Uh, Source God, Matt, I appreciate you both. Y'all both did a, a excellent excellent job, and we definitely going to have to. You hear the cat? <laughs> we definitely going to have to. Um, we going to have to do this more in the near future, man. Definitely going to have to do this more in the near Hell future. Yeah. So before we get out of here, I wanna I wanna give you guys the floor. Um, anything you want to say before we get out of here? Uh, any whoever wants to go first. Matt, go ahead, brother. Oh, thanks, Anthony. Uh, yeah, 
Ch- check us out every Sunday at Witty Sports 716 on Twitter, Instagram, the Witty Not Funny Sports Podcast. Me and my co-host, Tony, uh, we try to bring you something different. We talk about bills every episode, obviously, but we hit up TV, movies, uh, NBA, wrestling. Like we, we try to do it all, and we try to bring like a casual kind of funny perspective to it. So uh, if you haven't checked us out yet, please do. Uh, thank you, Rich. Thank you, Anthony. You guys have been awesome. Uh, it is a pleasure and an honor being on with you guys. And thank you, everyone in the comment section for participating uh hope you had a, as fun a time as i did awesome awesome yeah man actually yo check out witty uh witty sports podcast man it's an excellent excellent podcast uh, i enjoy you, myself every time i listen to it i try to listen to it as much as possible uh i laugh i uh, i get a lot of oh shit moments on the perspective so it's a a, a a very interesting funny and intellectual show please tune into their podcast great job matt uh appreciate you, you brother man. Uh, Sauce God, before you get out of here. Well, man, I want to say to both of you guys, I appreciate the both of you guys very much. Honestly, anytime that I come and sit down and talk bills, if I come away and I've learned something different or I look at something a, a, a different way, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like I've I've learned something Then I feel like my day is still interesting. And I love that. I love that I can always learn something by coming in here. And I love everybody that's in the comments, too. You guys have you guys got some pretty good insight. Um which you know, a lot of Bills fans, we didn't have the we didn't have the reputation for being knowledgeable. We had the, the reputation of being drunk. So it's nice to see that fans are really appreciative of what this team is being built into. And I love it. I absolutely love it. I want to say thank you to all my friends that were actually in the comments. I want to say again, thank you to Built in Buffalo for bringing me on board. Look forward to my upcoming show with the network as well in the future. And of course, like Matt said, check him out too. I look forward to checking out what you got for uh, content as well, brother. Thank you guys, man. God bless. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So for myself, A. Rich, Akeem Richens, Matt, Witty Sports Podcast, Anthony, a.k.a. The Source God. This is Built in Buffalo. This was Billsology. We appreciate everybody. And until next time, ladies and gentlemen, go Bills. Go Bills. Go Bills. The new Super Beats Heart Shoes Advanced is now supercharged with CoQ10. Support your healthy CoQ10 levels and blood pressure with two chews a day. Visit RadioBeats, B-E-E-T-S dot com and save 15% with promo code DEAL.